Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I am so excited uh, to share the Word of God uh, because the Word of God is life. In Him we find life. Amen. And I also want to thank everybody for coming today. I believe God has something to say to us as a church and to say to you where you are in your walk with the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I just yield myself completely to you. None of me, but all of you. Lord, I pray that you speak through this vessel and you minister to your family what you want to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. So, um, I have an outline that everyone has a copy of. That's just the outline. I've got eight pages of document here. So uh, obviously we are not going to get through eight pages. Um, every time I you know, get together before the Lord, um, every time I get together before the Lord, the, the material just keeps expanding and growing and growing. That's why I felt the best thing for me to do just to give an outline and just leave it at that. So uh, what we are going to be looking at over the next uh, six weeks is the prophetic and prophecy. And in order to even get into that, we have to lay some foundations. So over the next uh, couple of minutes, I'm going to lay some foundations and then we're going to build on it. Praise the Lord. Uh, If you look at your outline, I've got some foundational texts for you to consider. And part of this... uh, teaching and preaching, if you will, will require some homework for us as well. So I hope you are not <laughs> mad about that. I, if, you know, I believe we are all students of the Word of God. So uh, there will be some homework uh, for you to do. And it's just Bible reading, so nothing... Nothing extraordinary, nothing out of the ordinary. So uh, let's look at some of the foundational text. The first one is Amos 6, 3, 7. The Bible says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. God is a God that carries secrets. But God is also a God that reveals secrets. Amen? He's a revealer of secrets. And one of the vessels, one of the ways he gets the secrets to the body is through his prophet. Not the only way. And we are going to get into that as we go through. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So again, that scripture tells us that secrets belong to God, but that which is revealed, we can walk in the light of it. We can benefit from it. Amen? So God reveals secrets. 1 Corinthians 13, 9. The Bible says, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part. I've said this before, 
and I'm going to say it again. It doesn't matter what level, because there are levels, we are going to get into that, what level that minister, that man of God, that woman of God is operating in as a prophet. No matter what they have seen, they've gone to the third heaven. They've been to the throne of God. They are only speaking in part. God knows everything. Amen? Past, present, and future. But God only reveals a little bit. And we are going to get into why God reveals just a little bit. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm getting uh, excited. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.20, do not despise prophecy. Pastor alluded to that a little bit. There are some churches that they don't welcome it. They don't welcome the gift of the Spirit. They don't welcome the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. So if you shut him out, he's going to back away. He's a gentle spirit. Amen? And we are going to talk about how we can cultivate, and Global River is very good with that, how we can cultivate an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to find maximum expression. Amen? There are some people that they know about tongues and interpretation of tongues, but that's as far as they've gone. But God is calling us into deeper waters. Amen? Praise the Lord. The Bible says in Romans 8, 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. Under the new covenant, I'm kind of preempting myself. Under the new covenant, you are not supposed to be led by prophets. Under the old covenant, that was the case. Under the new covenant, the Holy Ghost has found its dwelling inside of you. The same spirit that speaks to the prophet lives inside of you. Hallelujah. And we are going to talk about how to hear from God. So when, when I titled the message, The Prophetic and Prophecy, it's not just going to be focused on that. It's going to be focused on you as a believer, as a child of God, and what God is saying to you in this season. Amen? And what's the role of the prophet if we are not supposed to be led by prophet? I have a, an extensive list to go through with us. The last one, John 10, 27 to 28. The Bible says, my sheep hear and know my voice. And the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. The Bible calls us, the body of Christ, the sheep of the Lord. And it says, my sheep hears my voice. In fact, there was a video I saw on, um, on social media. This guy has been training the sheep for so long that they know his voice. So, you know, they, in that video, they have their pen and they have everything kind of cordoned off. The moment he walked towards the pen and opened his mouth and said a word, they just flooded to him like no man's business. He has trained them. They know his voice. The scripture says, my sheep, if you are a sheep, are you his sheep this morning? I mean, tonight. Are you one of his? If you are one of his, then you should be able to hear his voice. Amen? So what's the role of the prophet if I'm able to hear the voice of God? We're going to get into that. 
you are supposed to develop your ability as a child of God, as a son, as a daughter of God, to be able to hear God for yourself. So the role of the prophet is to confirm, to enforce, and to speak to certain things that God wants to be revealed to a body. And I'm also going to go into uh, the office of the prophet. There are many, many different administration or operation. We are going to get into that in a minute. Because a prophet can be called into the government. A prophet can be called to a local church. That's the scope of his calling. A prophet can be called to a nation. A prophet can be called to, uh, to, to, to uh, be given a particular message. In other words, uh, a prophet with a message of faith. A prophet with a message of healing. Now, it's kind of crossing over into the apostolic office because anyone that is sent is an apostle. Amen? So we are just laying some groundwork here. Let's open our Bible to 1 Corinthians. Uh, let's start with Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Hallelujah. How many of you are getting blessed already? Luke chapter 4, beginning from verse number 14. The Bible says, Then Jesus, my Savior, returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogue, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And, and as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read, just like I'm doing right now. And he was under the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. We know this. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the, to the captives. And the recovery of sight to those who are blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, This day, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus Christ, this is the epitome, the summary, the synopsis of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has separated me, anointed me for a purpose. To heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to those who are in captivity. So when you talk about ministry gifts, or the gifts that God the Father has given to you as members of his body, what, what are my gifts? How do I find my call, my gift? We're going to get to that in a minute. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning from verse 1. If I'm going too fast, please bear with me. You can watch the video again and catch up. <laughs> now concerning spiritual gift, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. God does not want us to be ignorant of anything in the word, especially spiritual gifts. 
You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts, plural, of healings, plural, by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirit, to another, different kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongue. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. I want to pause for a second and emphasize that verse. The Holy Spirit distributes this gift to everyone according to his will. So a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, whatever call or office that God has planted you in, you cannot turn the gift on and turn it off. So you cannot, I mean, you can do it, but if you are doing it, you are doing it in the flesh. You cannot turn on prophecy. In fact, if you do that, it's very dangerous because you yield yourself to the occult and the devil will accommodate you. You prophesy, for right, all right, but it's not from the Spirit of God. So the gift is manifested as the Spirit wills. Amen? Praise the Lord. You don't turn it on and turn it off. And you know, all these people that always has a word for somebody, I don't know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, something happened recently, and I think the person was doing it uh, out of zeal. Uh, a couple of services ago, uh, I think it was a Friday night service, or I can't remember, one service like this. So in the middle of the service, somebody walked up to me and said, do you have a word for so-and-so? I said, no, because I don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to manufacture a word. That's what makes you a false prophet. That's what makes you a false teacher, a false apostle. If the Lord is not speaking, I stay with the word. That goes with you as well. If God is not saying anything, stay with the word. Stay with the word. Don't manufacture anything. Don't try to conjure up anything. Amen? Stay with the word. Preach the word. In fact... Every one of those ministry gifts, you are first and foremost a preacher and a teacher of the word. That's your primary call. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Your primary call is first and foremost to be a preacher and a teacher of the word. So that means when you are called into the ministry, your job is to labor in the word. 
labor in the word. Get familiar with your Bible. It's stuck to your face because you, you slept on it last night. Amen? You have to be a student of the word. Amen? Praise the Lord. So if God is not speaking, you have a more sure word of prophecy. And I have that in the note. We are going to get to that. You have a more sure word of prophecy. You know that the Bible is a prophetic book. The Bible says only men of old spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So this book is authored through prophecy. You're looking at prophecy. You're looking for prophecy? It's right here. Praise the Lord. We have a more sure word of prophecy. So if God is not saying anything, you know, maybe you are standing in the office of a prophet, and we're going to get into that in a minute, because you can prophesy. Every one of you can prophesy. You may, it's in the book. We are going to see it together. You may all prophesy. Prophecy is bubbling up. That's the word. Prophecy, prophetia, to bubble up. And if the Holy Ghost comes on you and you yield to him, you can prophesy. And the simple gift of prophecy is to edification, exaltation, and comfort. So now when you talk about word of wisdom, word of knowledge, which you are going to get into in a minute, then you begin to see element of revelation coming into that. And that's where you see the office of the prophet come into play. Praise the Lord. So we want to lay this foundation so we don't have this, uh, people have different opinion about all these offices. But the word of God is our anchor, our knot. The word of God is always the foundation. Amen? If you are confused about anything, go here. I don't care what the person is, how big of a prophet or an evangelist or a pastor or an apostle, if they are preaching anything that is not in this book, Turn it off. Tune it off. In fact, I've been, uh, I, I, I feed myself constantly from this book, and I feed on messages and things like that. So there was one day I was scrolling through YouTube trying to find something that I wanted to listen to. So there was one message that kind of jumped out at me, and I was going to click, and the Lord said, keep scrolling. He didn't want me to listen to that. Amen. The, the prompting and the, and, the, and the inward witness. And we're going to, oh my goodness. I, you have to apologize, I have to apologize because when I teach sometimes I'm all over the place because I'm following the Holy Spirit. That's why when I give notes, I may not be chronological. Amen. So let's go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. So we, we've been introduced to the ministry gifts. Praise the Lord. Amen. Ephesians 4, uh, beginning from verse 7. All right. Let's begin from verse number 7. Now, the Bible says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does he mean? But he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above 
all the heavens that he might fill all things. Verse 11. He himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Edifying is the word where we, 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 the word edifice, where we get the word edifice to build up. For the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect, that word perfect is actually the word mature. Not necessarily sinless, mature. You know, you grow to maturity, to the mature man and the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried away with every wind of doctrine. Somebody's preaching something over here, we run over there. Somebody's preaching something over there, we run over there. That we are steady. Amen? Praise the Lord. Tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things to him who is the head, Christ. Hallelujah. So we are looking at ministry and individual gifts and callings. So we, we've talked about the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But then, is that all there is? No. There's more. Somebody say there's more. Because every bo- everyone in the body of Christ has an assignment. Has a call upon their life. There are some people that are called into the marketplace. Amen. There are some people that are anointed by God to go into the marketplace and make money. And bring a lot of dough into the house. I'm not kidding. It's in the book. We are going to see it together. You are you are uniquely anointed by God to be wealthy so that you can bring it for the gospel. Not so you can show off and look at me, look at me. No, no, no. There's always a purpose. There are people that are anointed in the ministry of helps. There are people that are anointed in different areas, in in government, in uh, military, in different areas. So don't think that if you don't have a caller, you don't have a call. God has a call for everybody. There are people that are anointed to cook. Hallelujah. That's their call. And they use that gift for the body of Christ. Amen? So we are going to get into all of that as we move along. So I want to, I want to spend some time to highlight what we just read in Ephesians 4:11 to 15. So when you look at the ministry gift specifically... What are the purpose of the ministry gift? The Bible tells us. It's in black and white. It says, for the perfecting or the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or building up of the body of Christ. What's the goal? Till we all, all of the body, comes to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the sons, sons of God, or the Son of God, rather, to the perfect, mature, fully de- developed spiritual man. 
That's why God puts apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers in the body. To build up his body to maturity. So that we all come to the stature of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you know, somebody is preaching on love, God wants you to grow in that. If somebody is preaching on giving, God wants you to grow in that. If somebody is preaching on the gift of the Spirit, God wants you to mature in that. So that you are a full matured son and daughter of God. So that you can fulfill the call that God has on your life. That's the purpose of the ministry gift. And when you look at each of these ministry gifts, there are hierarchies and levels. And we are going to get into what determines that. One of them is faithfulness. The Bible says it is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. If you are in any of the ministry gifts, and like tonight, I'm supposed to be preaching. So I spend maybe 30 minutes preparing. It's going to show. It's going to show that this guy, he doesn't have it. You are supposed to spend time in prayer. Spend quality time in study, sometimes even fast, waiting upon the Lord. Because you want the anointing of God, the, the, the cupboard of God to flow through you as a vessel. So the extent that you separate yourself away before the Lord, you know when somebody's been before the Lord. When Moses came from 40 days spent before the Lord, he didn't have to advertise, I've been with the Lord. His face told them. You do, you, no, 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 no. Come on, you didn't hear that. He did not have to advertise, I have been with the Lord. His face told them. The Bible says his face was shining. He had to cover his face because he, he had spent time with the Lord. You know, when you, when you, you know, I, I hug Mama Hadi, you know, she's always hugging everybody. You know, this evening. And she's been cooking. She told me. And not only that, because I can smell it. Good smell coming out of her. Now, she hugged me. And now the smell of the food that she carries has rubbed off on me. So if you've been before the Lord, the glory of the Lord will rub off on you. Amen? Come on, church. The, the, the glory of the Lord will rub off on you. You don't have to announce it. People will know. You don't have, you don't have to advertise that I've been with the Lord. You carry him. There's, there's, a, there's a manifestation of his presence that will show in everything you do. And you are supposed to carry that in everything God has called you to do. When you are serving on Thursday, you know, giving things to people, you're serving anointed. Come on. You are giving out food anointed. Every child of God is anointed. But you have to turn it on. Prayer. Spending time before the Lord will turn on the anointing. You don't, you don't, you don't have to advertise. When you've been with the Lord, it shows. And, and the, this, the, 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 like I said, it's faithfulness. Making that decision to pay the price. You know, people of yesteryears, 
men like Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, men like John G. Lake, A.A. Allen, they paid the price of the anointing. What is our generation doing today? What are we doing today? You know, we read about them. You know, pastor, pastors have shared about many of the generals. When are we going to have A.A. Allen of our day? When are we going to have Jaco of our day? When are we going to have John G. Lake of our day? I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm one of them that want to run after it. Amen? Amen. Run after that anointing. Oh, you know, we talk about mantles. You know, I didn't even know I'm going to go. I, I always say that because uh, the Holy Spirit knows what he wants to say, so I'm just going to follow. We talk about the anointing and the mantles, transfer of mantles. Men and women like that that have passed on, have moved on into glory. Their mantles are waiting for qualified and ready vessels to pick it up and take it to the next level. Because we are in a season that God is about to do something on the earth that we haven't seen either to. It's going to be biblical. But we have to be willing to pay the price. So that means you have to turn off the TV sometimes. That means you have to spend more time than you've ever done in the previous years, in the previous season, before the Lord. So when we talk about ministry gifts and ministry anointing, in the presence of God, God will speak to you. You will hear from him. Thank God for the ministry of the prophet. But you don't need to wait for a prophet to hear from God. He lives inside of you. Amen? There are things going on in your life, and you don't know what to do. Well, you want revelation. The distance between you and revelation is the distance between your knee and the floor. And you stay there. You stay there. You know, when Moses was going to go on, on the mountain, there was another young man that was waiting. What's his name? Joshua. Joshua was waiting. Six days before Moses went up, he was there. He said, stay here. The man stayed there. Forty days he was on the mountain, he stayed there. That's the price of the anointing. That's the price of the anointing. You are willing to pay the price for the anointing of the call of God on your life. You know, there are many people that live and die and they never fulfill the call of God on their life. Because they don't know this truth. They are not willing to pay the price. Are you going to go back to the same routine that you had before? Or are you going to challenge yourself? You know, I'm going to pray 30 minutes. I'm going to turn it up to one hour. And I'm going to stay there for four hours. Amen? Glory to God. I didn't even know I was going to say all of that, but praise the Lord. So... The purpose of the ministry gift is to perfect and build up the body so that you can fulfill your assignment. So that you can fulfill your assignment. So that you can fulfill your assignment. So God himself sets in the body apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Now, a group of people cannot say, oh, we like you, Bishop. Now we are going to put you in the office of an apostle. No. God is the one that sets in the church. Amen? 
God is the one that has determined before the foundation of the world, this is what I'm going to call him to do. And you are uniquely gifted and packaged together for your assignment. So I don't have to copy you. I just have to run after the assignment God has placed on the inside of me. And I want you to know that before you came on the earth, you know, God told, uh, what's the name of the prophet? Um, Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you a prophet to the nation. You know, I used to think that only applied to Jeremiah. As I began to study the word of God, I found out it's about all of us. Whatever you are called into, before you came in your mother's womb, it's already there. The assignment is inside of you. You just have to unlock it and begin to run after and begin to do it. So there is the finding out the assignment. There is the preparation for the assignment. And then there is the fulfillment of the assignment. We see that even in the ministry of Jesus Christ. He spent 30 years to prepare for three and a half years of ministry. Look how impactful it was. 30 years preparation for three and a half years of ministry. So you think the preparation time is wasted time? No. No. Ah, glory to God. Glory to God. So the purpose of the ministry gift, like I said, over, overhacking purpose of the ministry gift, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro. So if somebody is preaching, like I'm preaching right now, and I'm saying something that is not in the book, there will be an alert going off in your brain, like in your spirit, man, like, huh? no, 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 that ain't in the book. That's not in the book. That's why you have to know the word for yourself. So that nobody can give you poison. It'd be like, uh, here is this. You want to drink that? Uh-uh. No, sir, thank you. Change the channel. You have to be versed in the word of God for yourself. Thank God for the ministry gift. But you yourself need to have time before the Lord and study. Study. Brothers and sisters, study. Study not because you want to preach. Study because you want to be fed. Amen? Study the word of God for yourself. Get books. You know, somebody said, if you cannot invest $15, $20, whatever the price of the book, for yourself, I, I don't know. You don't value yourself. If you cannot invest money to gain spiritual knowledge, you don't really value yourself. And you spend $15 on latte and, you know, maybe $30 for lunch, but you can't spend $30 for a book. And many people buy books and they don't read it. What's up with that? You buy the book, but it's just sitting on the shelf looking pretty. And the book is like, would you read me today? No, I got to watch the game. Uh-oh. I hope the guys still like me. Okay, there's time for the game, okay? But you have to apportion your time appropriately. What I'm trying to say is this. If you are going to fulfill God's plan and God's assignment for your life, you have to be, you have to be separated. It's not just going to happen. Praise the Lord. It's not just going to happen. You have to be 
separated. So let me look at, oh shoot, time is running. Um, the Lord showed me something that I, I didn't know before as I was preparing for this. You know, the Bible talks about, and he gave gifts unto men. First apostles, first prophets. So as I was studying and preparing, I said, Lord, you know, the Bible says Jesus gave gifts to men. And then we also know that the Holy Spirit gave gifts to men. The gift of word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. What about you, Father? And the Father said, well, I, I gave gifts to men too. So we are going to see it together. Did you all know that? Praise the Lord. The Father's gift to the church. The first gift that the Father gave to the church is himself. I got that in the place of fellowship. Praise the Lord. And he gave me scriptures too. John 3, 16, the Bible says, For God so loved, that's, that's Jesus, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So that scripture tells you Jesus was a gift. Praise the Lord. I never put it together. Maybe you did. You know, <laughs> praise the Lord. I'm so, I'm so excited about what God is going to do in this series. The other thing that you find in uh, John 1.12. Let's look at John 1.12. I can quote it, but I want us to highball it together. The Bible says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. So we always say this statement, all, everybody in the world are children of God. And that's true in a sense. In a sense that we all came from him. In that sense. But you are not a child of God until you receive him. You are not a child of God yet until you receive him. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. So there are people in the world, and there are, they, 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 you know, we are all going to heaven, we are all going to heaven. You know, somebody dies, and they live a terrible life, and, you know, that's the, I hope nobody invites me to come and preach at the funeral, especially somebody that did not live a good life, because I will either say no, or I'll just get up there and tell the truth. <laughs> I don't know where this brother went because of the way they lived. You know, preachers are, you know, tongue-tied when it comes to funerals because they don't want to offend the family. They're already grieving and all that. But if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are not going. You're not going. If you have not received him into your heart, you are not going. It doesn't matter what you've done on the earth, you know, charity work and all, all that's good and commendable. But the access to the Father is through Jesus. And without him, you're not going. So it's, uh, it's always a very tough one when, I, when you hear about, you know, even about celebrities. And I, the, the Lord showed me something about the, the mercy of God that I never saw. I know about the mercy of God, but he showed me a dimension of it that I never saw before. I was praying and waiting on God one day, and the Lord began to show me that in the dying moment, when somebody is about to die and they turn to him, it will take them. It will take them. 
Because the scripture says, God does, need, does not desire that anyone should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. So many times, speaking about people that die and passed away, we think so-and-so is going to hell. Do you know their last moment? So leave that alone. Just run your race. Run your own race and serve God and love God and love people and forget about that. Because God is the final habitat, is the one that judges, not us. You know, some people that we think, oh, this brother is going to heaven. You don't know their life. Many of you that are in the church, you don't know my life. You don't know what I do when I'm not here. I don't know what you do when you're not here. Are you, I hope you are walking right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And you hope I'm walking right. The fact that I act right and talk right doesn't mean that I'm right. You know, there are people in the church that are involved in uh, all kinds of stuff that are not healthy, that are not uh, holy before the Lord. And we still come to church and lift up holy, and you think God doesn't see that? Now, I want you to know it's not, it's not a condemnation thing. It's for you to get out of it. Thank God for this church. We have prayer ministry. If it involves deliverance, Come, get delivered. Amen? Don't play with your destiny. Don't play with your eternal destiny. Somebody, my sister, sent me a video of a woman that had an encounter. Uh, she's a Christian, born again, you know, almost to the extreme. She, she doesn't play with sin at all. But she was raped. I'm, I'm trying to condense the story. She was raped, not to her fault. And because of that, she was going through all these turmoils in her mind. And then a few weeks after that, she found out that something was going on in her body. Long story short, she found out she was pregnant. And she wasn't married. And she's like, okay, God, if it comes to abortion, forget it. I'm not going to do it. But Lord, you know, this was not my fault. This man raped me. I'm not married. So I got to do it. So she went to do the abortion. On the abortion table, she died and went straight to hell. And when she got to hell, you know, she was describing what she saw. There was, you know, different compartments there, and she was being tormented, flames coming up, everything, demons tormenting her, and she was crying out, Lord, just give me one more chance. Just give me one more chance. And the Lord was speaking to her. It's in the book. I've given, do you know, and God's response was, you've had this many seconds multiplied by this many hours, this many minutes, this many days. I gave you plenty of chances. So finally, through the mercy of the Lord, the Lord allowed her to come back. So she woke up on the operating table where the abortion was being uh, taking place. Man, you think a woman is on fire? She was on fire. That's why I'm talking about it, because it's still heavy on my heart. So if you have sin in your life, repent. Repent. Stop living double life. Amen? In church, we know you as this. But when nobody is there, you are, all, you are doing that. The Lord is speaking to you right now. Cut it out. Because you don't know the moment you are going to die. And the flames of hell are not mental. They are literal. There are people there right now. In fact, in hell, there is no unbeliever. All of them believe that Jesus is Lord. 
All of them crying, but there's no hope for them. She said the worst thing in hell was not the flame. You know, the flame is terrible. The pain is terrible. The worst thing in hell was hopelessness. You know that you are there and you cannot escape. Amen? So get your heart and your life right. If you're watching online or you're watching this video, maybe the year is 2040. God is speaking to you. Get your heart right. Amen? Stop messing with sin. Amen? Because you don't know when you are going to breathe your last. I had an, uh, a near-death experience um, many, about five years ago. I was driving to work, and it was one of those seasons that I was working and working many hours. So I knew I wasn't getting enough sleep, which is not good. So make sure you get adequate rest, especially if you are going to be on the road. So I was on the road, and then... Boom, one minute I was driving, the next minute I was on the side of the road and it was a ditch like this and you know when you go there the, the thing will wake you up. And the funny thing was I was listening to the word, I was praying leading up to that. Now I know there was an area of my life that I needed to correct at that moment and I'm being transparent with you. And it has to do with my relationship with my uh, the, the leader, the pastor that I was under at, uh, in Minnesota. So it wasn't some secret sin or anything like that. So I was, I was debating it in my heart that moment. And I was like, okay, God, I need, to, I need to correct that. I need to get that right. Amen? Because the pastor is the head of the local church. doesn't matter what your title is. And he deserves honor and respect. Amen? So, long story short, and as God will have it, because he was showing mercy to me, there was no vehicle on this side and on that side. I was able to navigate back on the road, because if if there were vehicles, I would have driven head on, and it would have been the end. You would not have met Bishop. Amen? So, that experience knocked my senses back. Amen? What I was debating whether I needed to do, because the Lord was dealing with me in my heart. And we are going to talk about that. We still got some time tonight about the inward witness and the inward voice. How you hear from God. It's not nebulous. Because the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And we read that scripture, my sheep know my voice. The voice of a stranger they will not follow. So I was able to navigate back to the road and I, I was just thanking God for the mercy of God. And God was reminding me of that recently. Amen? So God, I don't, I don't know who that, that piece that I said in the last 15 minutes was for. Get your life right. Amen? Get your life right. There are men that are involved in secret sin that their wife doesn't know about. Get it right. There are women that are involved in secret sin that their husband doesn't know about, the church doesn't know about. Get it right. Because you never know when you are going to meet your last moment. Amen? You know what Paul wrote? He said, when God gave him a revelation and he was preaching it to the Gentiles. He said, he, the Bible said he came to the other apostles, the apostles of the Lord. And he presented what he was preaching to them, uh, to the Gentiles, to them. 
Because he said, I don't want to run and run in vain. Amen? I don't want to run my race and run it in vain. I want it to be aligned with what the word of God is. Amen? Praise the Lord. The Father's gift to the church is himself. His second gift to the church is the Lord Jesus Christ. And his third gift to the church is the mighty, marvelous Holy Spirit. Mighty, marvelous Holy Spirit. If you look at 1 John 3.1, 1 John 3.1, I know that's for somebody. 1 John 3 verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know him, because he did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we shall but we know that when, we, when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So the Father's gift to the church is himself, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the mighty Holy Spirit. What's the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ to the church? The Bible told us, we read it tonight, the fivefold ministry. The apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastor, and teacher. Amen? Something the Lord uh, prompted me that I needed to point out. Again, all of this is, again, like I told you earlier, it, it may seem like it's all over the place. I'm just following the Holy Spirit. The timing of God's assignment for your life is also very important. I remember many years ago, the Lord spoke to me about what I'm doing right now. And I wasn't doing anything in church. Anyway, not like I was sitting around doing nothing. I wasn't preaching. That's what I mean by that. So, the Lord also showed me that when God gives revelation, it may be the beginning part, it may be the middle, or it may be the end. The beginning, the middle, or the end. That's why the Bible says, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part. In other words, if so, if God gives the end, God is showing you the end of a thing, whatever it is that God is revealing. You are going to walk it out by faith because you don't know the beginning part or the middle part. You just reveal the end. So you walk it out by faith because he said that. Because he's Alpha and Omega, he said it, he would do it. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Come on, church. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what the enemy is saying. If God said it, yeah, 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 yeah. That's all I need to know. I just stay with that. I wrap myself around the promises of God, and I just keep living my life, serving God, praising God, and expecting Omega to show up. For weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So remember, when God speaks, it's in part. Doesn't matter the level of detail, it's still in part. And it might be the beginning part, it might be the middle, or it might be the end. So that's why many times we get prophecy confused. But God said, 
how come this is not happening? Because maybe he showed you the end part. So you don't have to worry. God spoke. And God has integrity. His word never fails. Praise the Lord. His word never fails. We talked about um, the gifts of the Lord Jesus Christ to the church. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers. Again, I'm laying foundation because I wanted to focus the message on the prophetic but I can't talk about the prophetic without talking about everything that we've talked about so far. The gift of the Holy Spirit to the church is the nine gifts. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gifts of healings, plurals, working of miracle, prophecy, discerning of spirit, diverse kind of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, I want to talk briefly about the gift of faith. The gift of faith is God's faith. It's like God borrowing you his faith. You know, every child of God, we know what faith is. Now faith is the substance of things so far, Hebrews 11, 1, the evidence of things that we don't see. The Bible says by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen are not made of materials that are visible. So I was talking to God many, many years ago. I said, Lord, so that means you have faith. The Bible said God has faith. Because even God, who calls those things that be not as though they did. So I was asking God, I said, God, I'm in the natural, in the natural realm, three-dimensional world. You are in the spirit. So I understand that I have to use my faith to get things from the spirit realm into this realm. Because Ephesians 1.3, remember that scripture? He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. So in order for me to get it from the heavenly places into the natural places, my faith is a connection. My faith is a bridge. So I said I get that. Uh, that's my place, you know, to use my faith to bring it from there to here. But you are in the spirit. Why do you need faith? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Why do you need faith? God showed me that faith is the currency of the spirit world too. It's not just the natural world. When we get to the other side, you'll still be using your faith. So you better learn it now. As a matter of fact, there's a prophet that I was connected to recently, and she's mightily used by God. She has revelation of what's happening in heaven. God reveals heaven to her, and it's in line with Scripture. Again, the Bible is your foundation. Amen? The Bible is always your foundation. So if anybody has some revelation and it's not in the book, throw it in the garbage. And turn on the electricity to chew it out. And take the bag out. Don't leave it in your house. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> don't leave it in your house. Don't, do, do, do not just throw it in the garbage. Chew it. Throw it in the bag and chug it. The Bible is our roadmap. That's it. In fact, if you read the end of the book, the, the, the scripture said, if anybody, any angel... Any person gives you any revelation that goes against this book, let them be accursed. So the Bible is the sure word of prophecy. That's our north. That's our guide, the word of God. So she saw in heaven people that are born again. They maybe they got born again in the last minute, like the example I just gave. People that gave their life in the last moment. Well, they don't know anything about God. 
They go to school there. They are being taught by the prophet. They are being taught by Apostle Paul. That would be cool, you know, to be taught by Apostle Paul, to be taught by the Lord Jesus himself. He comes to class and teach classes. Come on, church. So if you don't learn it here, you're skipping Wednesday, you are, improve, you are increasing your class in heaven. I'm just telling you. <laughs> so there's, there's so much that God wants to show us. Um, so what, what I was talking about, the gift of faith. So again, I, I apologize because I always go where the Lord is leading me. The gift of faith is God borrowing you his faith. God borrowing you is faith. You know, when the Bible talks about the nine gifts, and it's available for everybody in the body. But if you are called into a ministry gift, there are certain gifts and equipment that comes with that office. So specifically for the office of the prophet, revelation gift goes along with it. Because otherwise, you are not a prophet. If you don't have revelation given to you on a routine basis, then you are not a prophet. Because if you look at uh, examples, let's look at Ananias in the Bible. Ananias was a lay person, just a brother in the church. You, you saw how powerful the revelation she, the man got? He had a vision, and the Lord showed him Brother Paul, who was then at the time Saul, praying. And the Lord spoke to, he was seen into the spirit realm. That's the gift of discerning your spirit. And we're going to unpack each of them one by one. To see into the spirit realm and hear in the spirit realm is the gift of discerning. And it's available for anybody. Because remember, the gifts are manifested as the spirit wills. It's not only confined to any of the five-fold ministry gifts. The only difference is in the five-fold ministry gifts... It's their equipment to do their job. So it's in operation more frequently. That's the only difference. So, in fact, if you look at 1 Corinthians 14.1, the Bible says pursue love because he just finished talking about love in Acts 13. He said pursue love and desire spiritual gift, especially that you may prophesy. And then he went on to talk about why he wants you to focus on prophecy. Because prophecy benefits the body. Praise the Lord. So the gifts are available for all of us. The nine gifts are available. So God can operate the gift of faith through you. Amen. It's not just for John G. Lake or Smith Wigglesworth. It's not just for Joe Blow down the street or Apostle so and so. It's available for any member of the body as the spirit wills. Remember, we talked about that earlier. Even if you are in the office of an apostle, prophet, evangelist, you don't turn on the gift and turn it off. If you try to do that, then you are opening yourself to the occult. The enemy will accommodate you, and then you start seeing stuff. Praise the Lord. Another thing that's very important that I'm being prompted by the Holy Spirit to speak about now is... When these gifts begin to operate, especially discerning your spirit, when you are seen in the spirit, you have to test the spirit. Because the Bible says, even the devil himself can appear as an angel of light. So how do you test the spirit? When the spirit shows up in all his glory, 
look at me, I'm an angel sent from God. Okay, that's good. Can you tell me that Jesus is the Lord and he has come in the flesh and he is the son of God? If it's an evil spirit, they can't say it. They will just, it will just disappear and just kaput. But if it's the spirit from the living God, an angel from God, he will acknowledge with you, yes, Jesus is Lord and he's come in the flesh and he's truly the son of God. Amen? So there are many people that have been deceived, taken into mock heaven, some random place in the spirit realm, and they have been pushed away from the, the way of the Lord because they followed the wrong spirit. Amen? You have to test that spirit. And I also told us that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He's your ultimate tester. Amen? The Bible calls him the spirit of truth. So when an evil spirit comes, have you ever felt that as a child of God, that somebody is saying something and is just rubbing you the wrong way? Your spirit man is putting off all kinds of red flag. You know, and that ain't right, that ain't right. Praise the Lord. I know my Mahari, I'm putting her on the spot now. If, if somebody is preaching up here and you are saying something that is not in line with the Bible, she's going to tell you. Amen? Because the Spirit of God in you, the Spirit of God in you is, is your anchor. Amen? Let's look, at, let's look at some scriptures on that. The Bible says, uh, I'm moving myself really, really fast. Glory to God. I hope I'm not going too fast. In 1 John 5, in 1 John 5, just two chapters from where we were. In 1 John 5, beginning from verse 8. I understand that being uh, evening service, people are tired, so I'm not worried that you are sleepy. That's okay. <laughs> First John 5, 8. The Bible says there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. There are three that bear witness on earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater for this is the witness of God which he has testified of his son. So he's talking about three witnesses in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he's talking about three other witnesses on earth. He talks about the, the water, the Spirit, and the blood. And I believe the water is the Father. The blood is the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, the Spirit is the Spirit of God. Amen. They agree. And because the Spirit of God is inside of you, when you are reading the Bible, or you are reading a book, or you are hearing a message, it is bearing witness in your heart that this is truth. Amen? Amen? And if it's not truth, it will tell you, mm-mm, that one stinks. That is not of God. So that's how you, one of the ways that, one of the primary ways that God leads you as a believer is by the inward witness. So let's look at the word witness. Witness is somebody that was there. You know, like there was a car accident, I saw it. Or there was a football, I saw the touchdown. Or there was an event, I was there. 
I'm a witness. So the Bible calls the Holy Spirit the witness of the Father, and it's inside of you. So whatever it is, whether it's a message in tongues, a prophecy, a dream, a revelation, and like 500 angels show up to you. If it does not bear witness in your spirit, chug it. Don't even share it with anybody. Why would you be sharing a lie? Amen? It has to bear witness in your spirit. And if you are born again, the Holy Spirit resides inside of you. And God was teaching me about a yielded vessel. I was in a time of prayer and waiting on the Lord about three weekends ago. And then he was talking to me about yielded vessel. And he was, he was showing me that. Do you know how we got born again? We prayed our prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. In other words, you open your heart to him. You know, the Bible says in Revelation, I stand on the door and I knock. Anyone that hears and opens, I'll come in. So we invite the Lord into our heart. We invite the Holy Spirit into our heart. Well, guess what? You can invite darkness into your heart. You can invite darkness into your home. You can invite darkness into your circumstance. The Lord showed me that in the spirit realm, both the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God's side and the devil's side, they need your permission. Because for you to be born again, you had to invite him into your heart. He doesn't badge in and break the door. No, he's standing there waiting for you to invite him. So it's a willful choice that you make. The same way you can invite darkness into your home. You can invite the devil into your home because you yield yourself to him. If we have time, maybe we'll get into it. Uh, Peter yielded himself to the enemy because he kept telling the Lord Jesus, don't go to the cross. And Jesus rebuked him, get behind me, Satan. And the same Peter is a backbone of the church. Amen? So one breath, you can yield yourself to the Holy Ghost. In another breath, you can yield yourself to the enemy. Who is your master? That's the person you yield to. Even as a born-again believer. You guys know that. Since you've been born again, you've committed some sin here and there. Whether it's lying or some other sin like that. How did you do it? You yielded to it. The same way you yield to the Holy Ghost. So to the extent you yield yourself to him, he said to me, I can only use yielded vessel. Only yielded vessel is what God can use. So when it comes to your call, your assignment... One of the primary things that you must know is you must yield. Say, Lord, I'm available. I want to be used. What is my call? What have you called me to do? And you have to also know that it's a period of preparation. No master, no, no servant is better than his master. If Jesus has to be prepared, you think you're going to skip that? No, you're not going to. Because you are not going to be useful in any shape, in the hand of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So now, 
I'm looking at time. We don't have time to get into it, but I want to introduce it for next time. The nine gifts of the Spirit can be grouped into three categories. You have the vocal gifts, gifts that say something. You have the power gifts, gifts that do something. And then you have the revelation gifts, gifts that reveal. Now, let me run them real quick, and then next week we are going to start with that. The power gift is the gift of faith, the gift of working of miracles, the gift of healings. Power gift, they do something. Amen? The vocal gifts, obviously you have your tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy because they say something. And revelation gifts is word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirit. And you find the office of the prophetic or the office of the prophet, primarily the revelation gifts has to be prevalent in that office, for you to stand in that office. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirit, prophecy. Those are the four primary gifts that flow through that office. Amen? Amen. And discerning of spirit is being able to see into the realm of the spirit. And God, I've learned this, and we, we, we go through stages of development. Have you ever given birth to a baby and they are 30 years old? No. They are infants, and then they become toddlers, and then they start crawling, and then blah, 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 and then they start staying daddy, and then before long, they are eating, you know, small, small stuff, and then they are eating solid, and then before you know it, they are running, they are into your, your closet, and then they are, you know, and then before you know it, they are teenagers, and then they are young adults. The same thing in spiritual development. The same thing in spiritual development. Many people are frustrated, like, God, I know what you showed me. God gave me a revelation, several of them, actually, of multitudes. I was in a revelation, that one of the revelations that God gave me. I saw, I was standing in front of thousands of people, thousands of people preaching the gospel. So remember I told you, God will show you sometimes the end or the middle or the beginning. But what do I do? I hold that dear in my heart and I pray. So in order to get to that, you have to be, you have to be faithful in the little that God has given you. I remember when I was in my old church, my pastor asked me to teach Sunday school. We don't do Sunday school here, but you know, I miss that. But my pastor asked me to teach Sunday school. It was just a few people. So I have to be faithful to prepare that little lesson and do it faithfully week after week. Month after month, year after year. And because of that faithfulness, the, the you know, prophet, profess, prophecy started happening, and some other gifts started coming through in the middle of the message. It would just bloop here and there. I was like, what was that? That was cool. And then it would go on for months, nothing, and then it would come out again. And then, ooh, that was awesome. That was awesome. And then it would go on. So God was grooming me and shaping me. So I spent Hours and hours and hours in study to prepare for those Sunday school. So you have to stay faithful in the little before God can put you in much. There are many people that are starting in ministry today. They want to all of a sudden hone, you know, be at, at the top of the mountain. God doesn't do that. In fact, God never puts a novice in office. It's in the book. 
He never puts an, God will train you. He will equip you so that you can be a good tool in his hand. Amen? So don't get discouraged because you might be in the early phase, early stages of your assignment. Don't get discouraged. Stay faithful. You know, you, go, you, know, you have an assignment in the church. You are doing something in the church. Stay faithful there. In fact, one of the biggest currency in the heart of the father, father rather, is faithfulness. The Bible says it's required of a steward that a steward be found faithful. God is not going to judge me based on the size of people I preach to. He's going to judge me based on my faithfulness. Have you been faithful? You know, like my brother, he likes going out and preaching to people on the streets. Have you been faithful? That's all God cares about. It's not how many you preach to. It's have you been faithful? Every time I told you to preach that person, did you do it? Amen? And your obedience to the last instruction will determine if you are going to get the next one. Praise the Lord. And there are some people that they are missing the boat in the basic elementary things that God has revealed in the word. Walking in love. Serving God faithfully. Paying your tithe. Some people are still hung up on that. And you want to prophesy and see visions. Amen. You have to be faithful in what has been revealed to you. In the book. What God has spoken to you. Stay faithful there. He is the one that promotes. The Bible says promotion does not come from the east. It doesn't come from the west. It comes from God. He is the one that promotes. And God spoke to me about that. He said, I have it. I always record all my prophetic encounters with the Lord. He said, in the natural, if somebody is, has a job, you know, my sister, you can tell me. You are high up in, in your place of business. You see somebody that works for you, and they are diligent in their job, and you are looking at somebody to promote. Who are you going to promote? The guy that's diligent. They are dotting all their T's. They are people person, if they're a manager of people, and they are doing well in all the metrics that you're measuring. Say the same thing in the military. The commandant will come and inspect the troop. He said, okay, I put you in that place. Did you stay faithful there? Have you been faithful? When nobody is watching, because you know he's watching all the time. When nobody physically is there, are you faithful? You know, like, for example, in my time pre- preparing to come and preach before you, am I faithful in doing that? Or am I doing just the bare minimum? Just, let's, let's just do enough, you know, to get by. No. You have to stay faithful. If you hear anything tonight, hear that. Faithfulness in your stewardship is very important. God has elevated you financially. Are you faithful? Are you stewarding it at that level that you are? Because if you don't steward the level that you are, you're not going to get promoted to the next one. That's how God works. That's how it works in the world. So why are we surprised that God does the same thing? That's how it works. So if you want to get promoted, stay faithful where you are. And then the promotion will come. Praise the Lord. How many of us are blessed tonight? So next week, we are going to continue 
I have so much more to say. That was just an introduction, general introduction of everything. But I want you, the assignment before we leave, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, those three chapters. Spend some time to pour over it and read it, and it's going to be the backbone of our teaching next week. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's pray. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Father, we just thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Lord, for what you have released. We thank you, Lord, for the direction that you led us tonight. We just honor you, Holy Spirit. You are the chief architect of the spiritual gifts. And Lord, I speak to the gift in everyone in the house. The ones that are mid-level matured, that are entry-level mature, the ones that are even more at the advanced level. Lord, that you will bring us higher and that we will take the responsibility, the spiritual responsibility to mature into the place that you want us to go. Lord, we thank you. I need to say something before we close. We just watched Super Bowl, right? How many of us watched it? Or you don't care? Sports. Do you know what those guys do to prepare for a game like that? They train on cold days, on rainy days, on days that they don't feel like it. The coach will say, get off your behind and let's go run some laps. The same thing in spiritual things. You have to have the same mindset. Amen? On days you don't feel like praying, pray anyway. On days you don't feel like coming to church, come anyway. You know, my pastor in Minnesota used to say it this way. If you are tired and you, are, you think you are going to sleep, come to church and sleep. Come. Sleep in the back. Just come and sleep. It's okay. Your spirit man will be picking it up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But if, <laughs> but if you can take coffee to keep you awake, that's good. But I just want to encourage everybody tonight before we leave. God loves you. And I hope that the message that came out tonight is showing the love and the heart of the Father. He wants you to readjust if, he, if there's areas to readjust. He wants you to swing back, like Mama would say about the pendulum, <laughs> to swing back into proper alignment. Yes. Amen? Yes. That's what God is saying tonight. Amen. Amen. So be encouraged and keep running after God. Amen. We will run together. We are in the same race. So, hey, <laughs> praise hey, the Lord. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs>